Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. I'm going to warn you today, I did not get to practice my message on the first service because we kind of had a moment in worship that went extended and I had to do like a a little uh, mini version of the message. So y'all don't don't even know when you come to, to second service, Y'all get the, the better end of the deal, you know what I'm saying? Because I get out all my, I figure out what I'm talking about in first service. That's what I do. I write a message, then I show up first service, I try to figure out what I'm trying to say, and then second service, I just try and rock it, you know what I mean? I try and do what the Lord tells me to do. But uh, no, I'm excited to, to share with you today. It's such a great time in worship. Um, before, I, before I get to the message today, though, I just want to deal with something this morning um, that I felt like the Lord wanted to do. And um, I just believe that he, wants to, that he wants to help those of you who are really struggling in the area of condemnation. Where there's just a, it just seems like there's a root of condemnation, a root of shame. Um, you know the word. You know when you take that blood and, and you eat that bread. You know that you're forgiven. Um, you know that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You, you have that knowledge. Let me say it that way. You have that knowledge, but you want to know it. And, um, and you struggle. You struggle with just, um, <clears throat> we, we, we learned this from, from Bethel years ago and Chris Valentin. He began to talk about neuropathways and how we form neuro, neuropathways in our brain. And they are, uh, let me just say it this way, they are ways of thinking. And um, you can form ways of thinking in the right direction, and you can form ways of thinking in the wrong direction. And what will happen is if you think wrong for long enough, um, it's, it's the equivalent of getting on a bike or walking down a path. Um, you know, for you hunters out there, you know you're able to find game trails. You find where the, the animals are actually walking. Same thing happens in our brain. We walk down this way of thinking long enough. We start to form these pathways, and they become they become six-lane highways in our brain. They're very easy to access, which is why Scripture says that repentance is just changing the way that we think. This is why he says that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is the renewing of your mind? It's actually you, you stop walking down the bad pathway and you start walking down a new one. The reason that I, I say that today is many of us, myself included, because of the way that we grew up and because of the way that we heard the gospel, um, in, in a lot of ways, we formed a neural pathway that, that ease, we easily, we have a six-lane highway heading right to condemnation. Oh, come on, don't look at me like that. We have a six-lane highway going to shame, right? Because we actually believe that it's our works that make us right. We actually believe that. We we believe, or, or, or if we don't believe that, we believe we should at least feel bad for a little bit when we mess up. And anytime we mess up, anytime something bad happens, wrong thought, wrong action, we immediately go to condemnation. And so <clears throat> I think today the Lord, I just feel like the Lord wants to just heal that. Um, he wants to cover up those, those bad ways of thinking, those bad neural pathways, and just cover them up with a bunch of weeds and and brush where you, it was like you never went down that path before. Amen. So if I'm speaking to you, would you just raise your hand? Say, I, I need that. Yeah, lots of hands. Hey, by the way, no condemnation for raising your hand about condemnation. Awesome. That's you. Yeah. Would you just put your hand, um, actually, just, why don't you just lay your hands on your head? <laughs> I think that's where it happens the most. <clears throat> yeah, Lord, I just thank you right now. 
Yeah, Lord, we come to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for pointing this out. <clears throat> and um, we just release, I just release people right now from condemnation and shame. We pray, Lord, right now that you would just cover up those wrong ways of thinking, those, that, that natural way of to go into shame and feeling bad and, and all those things. We, yeah, Lord, I just pray that you would uproot condemnation. Uproot right now in Jesus' name. We call an up to uproot shame, uproot condemnation, uproot that wrong way of thinking. And I pray that you wouldn't just uproot that, but you would give us a new way of thinking. And here's the new pathway. We declare today, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are righteous. Your blood was enough. We are forgiven. We are pure. We are holy. Set apart. And no longer will we allow condemnation to exist in our mind. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen, amen, amen. I just feel like we should just give God a hand clap for that for just a moment. Can we do that? <coughs> yeah. All right, if you have your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read a story uh, that is... Um, one of the coolest in Scripture, I think. And uh, I, I want to read this story to you today because today in this service, I want, to, I want to highlight the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit today. Um, even just in a very, very um, just easy way, I want to tell you a couple stories and some things that I've learned. I feel like I've learned from my experiences with Him and from Scripture, obviously, as well. <clears throat> but I, I just wanted to kind of stir the pot today. And, uh, you know, scripture even talks about that. It says, stir yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the spirit. And there is a, um, there's something valuable. There's something great and good about just stirring ourselves up when it comes to what the spirit of God wants to do. Amen. We find ourselves in Acts chapter two in an ama amazing occurrence uh, it was the, the moment that the Holy Spirit was actually poured out upon humanity. And, you know, uh, in verse 1, it says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all... Filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now I want you to notice, this is, this is an, an amazing story. Notice that someone didn't run out of the church service that day and say, hey, everybody, come in. God's doing something. I don't know what it is, but there's fire and tongues and people are saying stuff. It's crazy in here. You should, you should figure this out. You should get in here and see what's going on. No, it says the people rushed in. They, they, they gathered because they heard a sound. Something supernatural broke into the natural realm. Isn't this what the Holy Spirit does? See, the Holy Spirit, he, it, 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 he is the Spirit of God. You have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy, 
the Holy Spirit. He, he is a spirit and he is holy. And he tends to do supernatural, spiritual type things. And in this moment, he, he, he broke through a natural barrier. He broke through the natural realm and caused such a ruckus and caused such a sound that people had to rush in to see what was going on. Said in verse 7, they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Now, I'm going to stop here because verses 9 through 11, I can't pronounce very many of those words, so I'm going to skip all the way to verse 12 and don't act like you don't do the same thing, all right? <clears throat> they begin to describe all the people and all the races and all the languages that were being spoken. And at the end of verse 11, it says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Think about how miraculous this was. The Holy Spirit falls. There's a big sound. All of a sudden it says tongues just break out all over people. And, and people who are rushing in, they go, they're speaking in my language. They're, 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 and not, they're, not just, they're not just blabbering. They didn't hear just tongues that day. They heard people in their own native language declaring the goodness of God and declaring the works of God. Here these people supernaturally received the Holy Spirit, were filled with the Holy Spirit for a first time, and, and all of a sudden, they don't even know what they are saying, but they're declaring the gospel, declaring the goodness and the works of the Heavenly Father. Amazing. Verse 12, it says, So they, the people that were watching, they were all amazed and perplexed. Those are two good words to, to highlight or underline in your, in your Bible. Amazed and perplexed. Um, anybody been in a Holy Spirit service before and been amazed and perplexed? Maybe more the latter? Come on, where's my, where's my, my Pentecostals in the room? You're hiding. Yeah, come on, come on, somebody. You should have shouted. If you're Pentecostal, you should have shouted. Okay, you're kind of Pentecostal. You're getting there. <clears throat> But if you've ever been in a, in a Holy Spirit type service, he tends to leave people amazed and he tends to leave us perplexed. We don't always, we don't always understand the ways that he, he moves, right? We see this in, in, the, in the first moment he's poured out upon humanity. We see that he moves in such a way that people are like, in fact, we're about to read. You know what they say? They go, have they been drinking? No, it's too early. Wait, did they stay up? Are they still, did they party all night and just come to church? Are they still drunk? This was the, <clears throat> the conclusion that people looking on came to. Now, I just have to say this. You can, <clears throat> you can do with that what you want but it's in your Bible. We all, we all have, um, let me just say this, we all have our limits. We all have our choking points when it comes to the Holy Spirit, if we're really, really honest. Some of us are all good with the falling down stuff. Oh, the weeping, no problem. Now the rolling on the ground laughing can't be the Holy Spirit. 
We all have limits. We all have in our mind what is him and what is not. And can I just encourage you today to to take him out of the box because he doesn't belong there. (laughs) And he can do whatever he wants to do. And he can show up however he wants to show up. And sometimes he'll make you laugh. Sometimes he'll make you cry. Sometimes he'll make you shake. Sometimes you'll fall down under the presence of God. Sometimes you'll just sit there in peace. Sometimes you'll you'll just have to dance just to get it out. This is how he showed up. He showed up in a way that was amazing and perplexing. We go on and says, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea all and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Powerful words. Here he says, verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. got really good news for you today. Um, That moment that we just read about was not a one-time occurrence. He is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. (laughs) He's pouring out his his spirit upon all flesh. Say, that's me. (laughs) That we're all, because of the spirit, able to prophesy. Your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. Your dreams, visions. It's not held back and only held out for a certain few. Like in the Old Testament days for the prophets, they were the ones who saw and heard and declared and all the things. Like, oh no, no longer. After this day, the day of Pentecost, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's still doing it today. Today, I want to just point to the ways that he works. I want to point to a life engaged with this person called the Holy Spirit. And I just have to say to begin, just know this, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not a movement. He is not the goosebumps you get in a service. He is not a thing that happens. Now, all those Things that you experience, they're, they're, they're um, the manifest presence of him being in the room, but he is a person. He is just as much God as God the Father. You know, we got to be careful of growing up in, in, the, in the Bible Belt and in West Texas. Is, is, it's, it's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I've met many people who are like, man, I, why didn't I learn this growing up? Why didn't they talk about him? You want to know why people don't talk about the Holy Spirit? Because he's amazing and perplexing. Because you can't explain him. Because he makes you uncomfortable. He brings you into places. Man, let me just tell you, as a leader, 
as worship leaders. We come in, we say we're following the Holy Spirit. If you'd have been here during the first service, you would have seen. We just kind of sat around, and at one point, Leanne looked over at me. like It kind of had like settled, and she looked over at me, and she was like, and I just looked back at her, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do either. <clears throat> and there lies the beauty of him. See, over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to you about being fully dependent upon the Lord. What it looks like to be fully dependent. I believe that we're called to be desperate beings, be, be people who are dependent upon the Lord for everything. We've learned that our desperation and our dependence, it actually moves the heart of God. How many of you believe that? He just he seems, to, he seems to move on, the, on behalf of desperate people. He seems to move on, on behalf of people who are so 100% dependent upon him, who have been kind of stripped of everything else, and they don't know where else to go or who else to go to except to him. And it's, it, it seems to me like in those moments, God moves for those people. I believe one of the reasons he does that is because it's in those moments we have faith. It's in those moments where people are, they release the, the biggest amount of faith they have. They have no other options. It is only him. When the truth is, we realize, oh yeah, it's always only been him. <laughs> so our desperation and our, our dependence, it, it moves God. But here's what else we've discovered that is a little bit more unsettling is that God actually loves to take us to places where we're desperate and take us to places where we have to be fully dependent upon him. He loves to do this with us. He won't force us, but he will always give us the opportunity, won't he? To be, ah, oh, man, I, God, I, I have to have you. I actually don't know what else to do. And today I, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit because when I think about that kind of life and when I think about a person who's, living fully dependent upon him, I think about someone who's following the Holy Spirit. I think about someone who is, <clears throat> is in tune with his voice, who's being led by him and not being led by their emotions or not being led by what they want to couch as wisdom or, or not being led by their own understanding, as Scripture says. But no, they, they acknowledge him in all their ways and he's the one that's directing their path. See, being fully dependent, praying prayers like, Lord, I want to be fully dependent upon you, is praying a prayer that says, Holy Spirit, I need you to speak to me and lead me and guide me in everything. I'm completely dependent upon you. I don't know if you ever thought about this before. As I've been studying this out, I just had this thought, you know, Lord, why, why did you give us the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit, like, he resides on the inside of us. You know, Scripture says his spirit is intertwined with our spirit. I think one of the reasons that he did that is, number one, just to show us how much he wants relationship with us. Like, why do we, why, why, Jesus, let me explain better. Jesus said, it's better that I go. He told his disciples, can you imagine hearing that? You're like, Jesus, it's better that you go, like you, the one who walked on water, multiplied food, took care of us these last three and a half years, all the revelation you have, it's better that, yeah, it's better that I go. Why? So he could send the Holy Spirit. He said that's, that's with you now, but will one day be in you. He put the Holy Spirit in us. 
And I think it was a message in and of itself that said, I want relationship with you. More than anything else, I want, re- I want to be so close to you. I want relationship. But I think the other message he was sending was a message of dependence. You're going to need him. You're going to need him every moment of the day. You're going to need him in the hardest times, in the best times, in the times when you don't know what to do. In fact, I'm actually, I've actually created you to not depend on yourself, but to depend on the one that I placed in you to be in you and to lead and guide you in everything. It was as if God was sending a message, you need him, you can't do it without him. So this time, he's not just going to be a person that's walking around. You, you, don't have to go, you don't have to go to a temple. You don't have to go to a church to find the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. You've been made the temple. Come on, someone say amen. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You see, it was as if God was saying, hey, depend, depend, depend. Don't, 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 think, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Depend. You're a spiritual being. today I want to just tell you a few stories uh, about being led by the Holy Spirit and um, and what I believe it looks like to be fully dependent upon him Uh, there's one story that rises to the top when it comes to being led by the Holy Spirit I've told it before but it's, it's worth repeating or at least I think it is, because I love this story. But um, it was in a moment where I really needed him to give me some direction. So uh, many years ago, I was a youth pastor at another church. And um, at the time, I was working with our youth pastor now, Blake Duffendack, and, uh, and then another children's pastor. We all loved to snowboard, and so we took a trip to Wolf Creek. And um, anybody ever been to Wolf Creek, been to Bogosa Springs, been up in that area? All right, one of my favorite places to ski and snowboard. And so we go up there, and uh, mind you, we are all on staff at a church, and we left, we left early for the weekend. There's one day that all of us have to be back, and it's Sunday. And there's one guy that's responsible for all of us getting back, me. If everybody misses, it's going to be my fault. If anybody has to make the call to the pastor for being late, it's going to be me, all right? And so, but I'm also kind of the craziest one, okay? So we go, we have a great day on the mountain. We go to sleep. It snows like six or seven, eight inches. And we're supposed to leave so we can get back for church. But I don't know if you just caught that part in the story. It just snowed six or eight inches. And I'm like, we're not leaving. I was like, let's just get half a day in. They're like, dude, we have to get back. I'm like, shut your mouth when you're talking to me and get in the car and let's go up to the mountain. So we made the bad decision. <laughs> and we went up and we got a half day in. And so we come down and we start heading out of town late. Well, what had happened is another storm had started to roll through. And about 20 minutes outside of town, the storm hits. And we stay, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, we stay in this storm the whole ride home. Um, It took me eight hours to get there. It took us 12 hours to get home. This is how slow we're going. It's it's terrifying. Blake still needs deliverance today from this car ride, okay? I'm telling you right now. But we we got to a point, we got to Raton Pass. We got on on, on this side of Raton, and and you know it it can get really gnarly there, and they had shut down the road. And I'm like, oh, crap. It's time to make the call to the senior pastor. 
And I'm like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> and so we, I'll never forget, we run into this like Holiday Inn. We pull up maps on, on uh, we get on the, on the computer, we pull up a map, and we're looking if there's any other roads that are open. And we find one that's outside of Raton. It's going to take us to Oklahoma and come south. So we're like, dude, we got to go now. So we jump in the car. We're driving out of town. And as I'm driving out of town, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable. It's dark. It's still snowing. We're driving out, and it's just like my heart is just, and then it's like, and I'm like, uh, but I don't want to call him, and I don't want to saw, but we can't go this other way. This is our only option. And finally, as I'm driving, I'm like, you know what? Forget this, right? And I turn back, and I'm like, hey, guys, I don't think that we're supposed to do this. And I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth before they're like, yeah, dude, dude just turn around, man. Turn around, turn around. I'm like, it's about time you say something. Because I was about to drive off into the dark abyss, and you are just going to keep your mouth shut while the Holy Spirit's talking to you too. I'm glad I'm man enough to step up and say something. So I, I flip a Yui and we start to head back to town. And I try and keep the story short. As we, are, as we are literally turn around and are going back on that road, we see two cops, lights on, flashers, heading out towards that same road, either to go to, go, uh, to a wreck or to actually close that road. I think they're about to close the road. We were literally, I can, in my mind, I just see the forerunner driving off into the dark abyss and the, the cops just coming behind and closing the, 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 the gate. And here we are. We're the last ones on the road. That's what was going to happen. We get back to Raton, wait 20 minutes, get us a frosty at Wendy's. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, the Raton Pass opens up with snowplow trucks and we're able to follow one out all the way. <clears throat> it was a moment where I was really, really glad that I heard the Holy Spirit. It was a moment that he directed my life. It was a moment that he, that he, he spoke up. And he said, hey, don't go this way, but go this way. This is one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. We, we, we all know it, but he's, he's the one who guides our life. He's the one who directs our steps and directs our footpath. He's the one that we, that we lean on. He's the one that we should go to. He's the one who can keep us out of trouble and make a way for us, literally. I realized, I learned something as I look back at that story. I realized that and this is kind of a sub point today, but I realized that I was being led by fear up until that point. It was, I was being led by fear. I was being pressured by fear. Didn't want to make the phone call. Didn't want to admit my mistake, that I stayed too long in the mountain, that I was irresponsible. Didn't want the boss to know. And fear was pushing me, and fear was directing me. And can I just say this? A lot of times believers live a life led by fear instead of the Holy Spirit. They think the Holy Spirit is talking when really it's fear. It's fear pressuring. Oh, no, kids, my kids can't go to youth camp because something bad might happen. Come on, am I preaching to anybody? No, no, I'm not going to let them hang out at that house because, no, no. And, and, and it's fear. Fear is coming. And, and, and what we'll say is, no, no, that's the Holy Spirit. He's given me wisdom. He's given me 
And I, and I really want to be careful here because I don't want to confuse you and make you double or make you, make you think twice about if you're hearing him or not. But we have to be careful that fear is not the thing that is driving what we think the Lord is actually saying to us. And I feel like the Lord kind of gave me a, a key just to help you. How do you know if it's fear and how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? fear will lead you to yourself and the Holy Spirit will lead you back to him. Fear, let me say it this way, fear will lead you to take things into your own hands. It'll have you depend upon what you can do. When the Holy Spirit will say, turn around, I'll get you home some way. Just trust me. See, this is a life, this is a life, can I say it? It's a life being dependent upon him. Being dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage you today. This is why it's so important for you to embark on the journey of hearing the voice of God. And embark on the journey of being led by the Holy Spirit. You say, how do I do that? Just say yes. Just say yes to the Holy Spirit. Take some risk. Go for it if you think that he's saying something. Take, take the different route to, uh, I know he talks to you like this, take the different route to work that time. Anybody just ever just got an urge, like I just need to go somewhere, I just need to go the longer way? Like, Lord, no, you're never in the longer way. Why would, why would I ever drive the five more minutes? And you just lean in, you start to lean into the Holy Spirit and you, you begin to embark on this journey. Here's why this is so important. He's giving you layups that don't matter that much so that when there are moments and you need to turn around and have a safe ride home, you hear him. And you start to learn like, oh, that, you know what? I, I, this has been me before. I thought it was the Holy Spirit. And I go back like, oh, that was fear. That was my emotions. And I don't feel condemned and I don't feel, I'm not full of shame because I'm in a journey and I'm actually pursuing him. I want to live a life dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So number one, we learn about the Holy Spirit that he'll direct your steps. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think it was the first scripture I ever learned. Uh, it, It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Notice those two statements. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. Lord, I'm about to do this. I acknowledge you. What do you say? Lord, I'm about to take this promotion. What do you say? Lord, I'm... Okay, Lord, I'm I'm, I'm kind of afraid we're not going to have enough money to make ends meet. What, I'm acknowledging you in this. What do you say? I'm not going to be led by fear of lack. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to be led by a fear of missing out. I'm not going to be led by a fear that, 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 that you're actually not in control of my life and this boss or these people are. I'm not going to be led by a fear that, you know what, I'm not going to get to my destiny and get to my calling unless I make it happen. I'm going to have to do something. 
No man can stop your destiny. No man can stop, I don't know who I'm talking to, no man or woman can stop the calling of God on your life. He will promote you. He will open up doors for you. His favor is upon you, amen? I'm not going to be led by fear. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways, in the good and the bad. So the Holy Spirit, he'll direct your steps. Number two, the Holy Spirit will lead you into encounters. This is what a life looks like fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit, is he'll direct your steps, but he'll also lead you into encounters. I remember <clears throat> this was years ago, um, five, six, eight years ago now. Um, I was in this place where I, I really wanted intimacy with the Father. I, I, I wanted to be closer to him. It was my desire. Um, and just to have the best way for me to describe it, I wanted something special with him. I've seen men in my life that I looked up to and pastors in my life that I looked up to, and I'm like, you can just tell. Y'all know. You can just tell, oh, they've got a relationship with the, with the Lord. There's, there's something close that's going on between you and God. And I, and I wanted that so badly. But I was in this place where I wanted it, but I obviously didn't want it bad enough because I wasn't willing to do the thing that I knew would be the thing to get me that intimacy. Um, just to tell on myself a little bit this morning, I struggle with getting alone with God. Always have. Some of you are like, aren't you a pastor? <laughs> Isn't that kind of like your job? Yes, it is. <laughs> but it's still a struggle. Because naturally, I'm bent towards people. I'm, I, I, I even see God and find God in people and being around people. So naturally, it's, it's hard for, for me to go and get alone. Because I'm like, ain't nobody want to be alone. <laughs> I don't like it here. <clears throat> but I knew that's where I had to go to get to, to have that intimacy with him. So I'm in this place and I go to a church service one night. I'm sitting on the front row and I don't, I, I'm, I'm not emotional. I'm just ready to hear the word. The pastor, his, his name was Joe Presswood. He was getting up to share on that very thing. He's going to share on intimacy. So I'm like, oh, this is a now word. This is like exactly what I I need, and I wanted to learn. Like, I'm, I'm ready to learn how to do this. And before he even gives the message, <clears throat> the Lord gave him a, uh, like, just a prophetic action to do, to do. And he brought his daughter up on stage. I think I've told this story before, but he brought his daughter up on stage. And he just kind of explained, the Lord just wanted me to do this. And, um, and so I'll never forget this moment. He reached, he, he reaches over, he puts his hand gently on the back of her head and he just pulls her forward and then they just touch foreheads and he just holds, holds her and touches foreheads and closes his eyes. And I could tell that it was something special between a dad and his daughter, that this was what they did. This is a way they connected. It was something special just between him and her. And in less than a second of seeing that, I began to weep uncontrollably on the front row. I'm talking about causing a scene in church. Ugly cry, 
borderline screaming. <laughs> I mean, I, it just, I, I was sitting there and it was like, I, it, it was just like a volcano erupted on the inside of me and just came out of me. I just began to weep and to weep and to weep because I knew the, that that's what I wanted with him. And he was saying, that's what I want with you. What you've been wanting, I want with you. I'm bawling and crying and s- s- snot everywhere. And I'm, I'm, this goes on for 20 to 30 minutes. Like I didn't just cry and get over it. I couldn't get over it. It'd be like he would, it was almost like he would let me catch my breath and then it would just another wave would come. It was in that moment that I got everything I needed. I did not hear one word Joe Press would preach that day. But I, I didn't I didn't need to. Because everything he was about to teach, I just got in an encounter. It was released to me in a moment. It was given to me supernaturally. It was as if the Holy Spirit came into the room like a mighty rushing wind and picked me out and touched my life. This is what I've learned about being dependent upon the Holy Spirit is one of the things that he does is he leads us into encounters. He will lead you into places where you'll experience God like that. I mean, I'm I'm talking practical. He'll tell you to go to that church service. Hey, don't miss that service because it's actually in that service where he's gonna touch you. And he just wants to touch people today. Touch him, God. Did you put your hands on him, Michael? You lay your hands on him. Thank you, Jesus, for picking Caden out today. And I pray for every encounter and experience that he wants with you, that you would give it to him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for touching him minister to him right now in this moment. We as a church body, we just stretch our hands out to him and we release our faith for him right now and say, God, come and love on him like never before. Come and instill within him identity now in Jesus' name. Identity, son, son of the most high, man of God, man of God, leader, leader of other men. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we just bless him today. There's some things we can, there's some things that are taught and there are other things that are caught. And the Holy Spirit will lead you. You'll just depend upon him trust him and let him take you to places. I feel him in this room. 
He's been here all day. Some of you want those kind of encounters. You're looking for an encounter. Well, guess what? Just keep being led by the Holy Spirit because he'll lead you there. You can't force an encounter. You can't make an encounter happen. And most of the time, he'll just kind of meet you when you're least expecting it. But you can desire you can want and you can get hungry come on I said you can get hungry we can get hungry for him Jesus told his disciples before that moment that the Holy Spirit was poured out he told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until the gift of the Holy Spirit is poured out on you. Know what he was saying? Don't leave Jerusalem going out and being a witness without the one who will give you the power to do and be the witness. In other words, wait for him and depend upon him. You can't do it without him. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.